Welcome to the Punk Off Podcast, episode... 51! 5-1-51. I am Dan Destroyer, Chris Crude, in the house. And uh, coming at you once again. We didn't wait like a whole month this time, to, or longer. Yeah, we admitted we'd gotten old and forgotten everything, so we wanted to get some uh, things out in the air and spoken of, you know, before it's too late. Spoken of. <laughs> <coughs> we gotta close the door to parts unknown, so. So, because we're busy fueling up the rocket ship and we don't want anybody else to know. Speaking of, have you seen that YouTube video going around of uh, when the Ultimate Warrior had a tr- wrestling training camp, but, but it's a bunch of teenagers? No. Oh man, you need to watch it. Because he's not in makeup, but he's just everywhere, everywhere a bit as intense and just he's using the word fuck a lot. Which you're not used to since, you know, WWE, he was kind of the psychotic baby face, but, but yeah, he was just grilling. I think one of them he was his best kid. as a heel. So, I just, I just happened to think of that. So, if I remember, I will post it later. Nice. If I can find it again. Uh, I think actually, who was it? Oh, uh, the band Wizards Union out of Michigan. They post, they post a lot of wrestling centric stuff on there so I think that's where I saw that they, they posted it it's it, good times alright so I guess uh, one thing we'll talk about and we'll have to see I might have to go through and edit and censor some stuff so yeah. depends on how much gets given away but uh, uh, if you follow us on Facebook or on Instagram you did see that at least over the weekend the Sacred Cows filmed a video and that's something we've had in the works for a while. Is that, so we're allowed, is that something we're allowed to talk about? Yes, a little bit. I mean, I don't want to give away the whole, you know. I still want people to be kind of amped to see it and just be like, nah, I don't, I don't want to need to see it. They talked about it. But uh, mainly just kind of, uh, as Chris said, uh, mention that and thank everybody that showed up. Yeah, well, it was pretty cool. Not just uh, the people from... The duo from Capture One that came out, but uh, all the friends of the Punk Off podcast and Sacred Cows that showed up to be part of it was uh, very appreciated. Yes. And I guess we actually can say, because it'll help plug his business a little bit, uh, Matt Ehrman from Capture One was the one who did initial... initial Alumni of Punk Off podcast. Uh, Was the one who did initial photography. So we had actually been playing with the idea of doing a video for a long time uh originally we were going to do miss you macho man and we had shot a lot of that ourselves but just certain things that come up and actually for a while we lost the foot i lost the footage it just got mixed in with a bunch of other sd cards so we may eventually do something with it but i decided well that- i tell you because i wish it was something we'd had a lot of extra practice on like that instead of something newer ish because you know even though the video is going to be awesome so you all should check it out when it comes out but i think it could have been epic if i'd have been able if i had the skill to be able to play the same thing 10 times in a row but i can't i'm a drummer and i just kind of wing it and I played the song ten different times. I'm going to give the studio, the video editors fits, putting it together. Well, 
reason for picking that song, it's one of the newer songs that I've written. It is done in the studio. It has not been put out yet. It will be out on the all-digital release album. Um, I thought it lent more towards visual imagery. Visual imagery. Than some of our past songs. Um, yeah, because state affairs. I, I know you're saying Macho Man. We tried doing that. If if we'd uh, found the people with the real wrestling ring, we yeah. And if we that ever, was kind of the reason we could have we could have done much imagery with that one. Yeah. But that never came through. Yeah, yeah. Originally we were going to try to use. There used to be a crew of kind of renegade wrestlers around the area, for lack of a better term, uh, who had an outside ring. And we were trying to hunt that down, but we found out basically, I guess, it had gotten scrapped. It got left outside too long, it got mushy, and it got scrapped. So we had thought about trying a couple other things, but nothing was really quite painting out quite right. So uh, we did end up, I'll give them a plug as well, we ended up shooting a video at Venue 18. So Oh, absolutely. So I want to I thank Venue 18 and... I know what's his name, uh, Schindorf's friend that was helping us out. Ed. Uh, yeah, Ed. Give him some love. Yeah, I gotta thank uh, former uh, <laughs> podcast alumni, I guess, Jeremy Schindorf, because he helped set a lot of that up as well. He also, uh, I, I think we can say this, he makes a cameo in the video. A small, a small one. A small one. Small, but major. Yes, so. He's... he's He's rather important for such a limited role. So, but like I said, I, I kind of warned you guys since, and I'm not trying to stop, but since, how should I put this? Spradlin and I probably knew what to expect the most for doing a video shoot for, for that. Since him and I both worked in TVs and did, had done editing, worked in TV, newscasting, editing before, we knew it was going to be a lot of repetitive over and over again shots, so... Chris uh, Crude was not happy because there were several shots. He had to be in, since he's on the drums, he had to be in most of the shots. Yeah, and whether, he was, it was, whether it was from the left side shooting one guy, from the right side shooting the other guy from the middle. Yeah, um, yeah. of course. The I, drum, had to, I had to be there for every single take when everybody else got songs off. Yeah, that is true. But that's, that is the thing is the drums being behind and actually a focal point at yeah, kind of worked against you. Chris was not happy because he wanted to take a couple smoke breaks, get another beer. I was happy. I probably would have made things worse if I'd uh, taken time off anyway. So I was getting cranky. I'm sorry, Dan. I, <laughs> I snapped at you a few times and I got bitchy. I'm sorry. You have a public apology. Thank you. I did call him. I will apologize for calling you Beyonce at one point. <laughs> But now you also understand why I didn't, because uh, the issue of wardrobe changes came up, and I put the brakes on that immediately, and I think you guys kind of now understand why, because it was a long enough day without ha us having to do wardrobe changes, so. I, I understand the way things turned out. So, and that was the thing, since a lot of people were volunteering time. The way the, the, way the video worked out probably would have, like, changed themes if we would have had wardrobe changes instead of just. Anyway, that, that's maybe down the road. We're, we're trying. Yeah. We're trying to. Are you trying to rope 
all five of our listeners in to watching the video by giving so much detail without actually giving anything away. Kind of. And actually, we're, we've gotten more than five here recently, I've noticed. We're picking up in some areas, which is good. And I thank you for checking us out. You know I, what it was? I think it was the punk-off Canadian chicks steered people our way and the sacred cows in Australia also... So it wasn't anything we did. It was all the outside influence. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll go with that. All right. So uh, I guess that, I, that's a flag. If this is the first time you heard a podcast, a few of them, a few podcasts ago, we both had a big rant about people biting our styles, yeah. biting our names in both the podcast front and the musical front. And this that little non sequitur was a callback towards... towards. And, and, and just to, to clarify that, Sacred Cows, I, there's been plenty of bands out there I know that have the same name. That, that's going to happen. Absolutely. But the problem was is we saw that these guys, and it looks like they must play a lot of covers at weddings and bars, but they directly ripped off some of our artwork we had Ben Gordon do for us. I mean, it was it was blatant. They didn't change colors. Or anything. Nothing. So. <laughs> just went online and found an image and took it. Yeah. So, uh, they had been warned. Uh, I, I checked. Consequences. I checked. They did take some down. They didn't take all down. I know before too much longer, and I'm not trying to be like the, ooh, the boogie man, but the label, Identity Theft is not real happy about it. So, Identity Theft is looking at, if they don't remove most of that before too much longer, what our options are so that being said moving along uh so um yeah the video uh i guess that's what's probably about that's about about the best teaser we can leave it at right now like i said we had uh, some of our friends and we will once the video comes out i will 15 minutes of a teaser and Mm -hmm. like three minutes of a video (laughs) but it'll be awesome and it's also one of our longer songs as well. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm only used to two minute songs. There's a certain that one's three minutes. Out. That one's three minutes and some change. So change, hope, and change to make America great again. Make America sacred again. That's right. We meant hope and change. That was Obama, and I tried mixing that with Trump. Yeah. Yeah. Which I know I'm steering this in a in a direction you weren't intending, no. but. As the time of this taping of the podcast, there were... I was trolling online a little bit today because... <laughs> oh, imagine that. You had some time? Time at work. I'm getting paid to do nothing for one more week. Anyway, uh, there was a judge ruling that Trump could not block people on his Twitter feed... Because since he uses that for his means of public address, address, it was against the First Amendment to censor and block people. You know, going back. Yeah. You know, it doesn't doesn't matter. You know, when 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 you're on Twitter, it's the same thing as standing outside. You know, and having some kind of conference, kind or, you know, you can't. If if you're gonna stand out in the White House lawn. And start talking to people. You can't block. You can't be like you gotta listen. leave and you gotta leave. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. Yeah, you know it's 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 public forum. Yes. 
Huh, that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't hear about and that. And there's a bunch of people saying, oh, damn, liberal judges. And it's like, well, if, if a liberal is upholding, if you're mad about a liberal upholding the First Amendment, are you mad about a conservative trying to break it? Yeah. And, you know, of course, that got lots of bites and... <laughs> Mm-hmm. It just got ugly after that. We don't have to. We we won't read the whole feed, but you get you get by get the thoughts idea. on the subject. <laughs> if it was anybody else, yeah, you know, except for like the, 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 the divided country. Oh, liberal conservative, the the mainstream, mainstream media, and all that stuff. The way everything's going, you know. People taking a step back from being able to see the big picture and become divided by teams even further than before. Than before, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I have no answers. Oh, I do. Go Bucks! Michigan sucks! (laughs) Yeah, that is a political statement around these parts. All right, so uh, actually, we'll we'll move on from that subject. If we think of anything else from the video we want to bring up, we'll we'll do that. But uh, I actually wanted to talk about because I think you even said something to me on one of the podcasts about watching the new Andre the Giant documentary, and I actually did watch that several weeks ago, and I forgot to bring it up. So, yeah, so it was an H- the HBO documentary. They they usually do, you know, not only very good serious documentaries, but I cannot. I cannot stress how much you have to go see, like, what, I think it's called Eight Days in Hell. It's a fake documentary about a couple guys doing Wimbledon tennis, and they also made Tour de Pharmacy, which is about the, uh, what's what's the French bicycle race? Tour de France. Tour de France, Yes. And everybody's, everybody in there's, you know, on, it, the story is how it was clean one year, then they stopped drug testing, so everybody just beefed out, and, like, the scrawniest, nerdiest guy from one year is John Zena the next year. Yes. And those are the most hilarious fake documentaries, mockumentaries, well, except for, like, Spinal Tap, yes, sports-related documentaries that I've seen. And Andre the Giant was a serious one instead of a fake one. And they went through a lot of the same, you know, you, oh, and he loved to party and he loved his women and he could out drink anybody and anybody that drank with Andre was dead for days. And, you know, they had that, but they actually went through and shown the side of a man that was persecuted or like looked at like some, treated like a circus freak all his life just because of his sheer size. Yeah. Now, I have noticed, because I've listened to a few wrestling podcasts since I've watched it, that I've usually touched on it, like, real quick. And it's been kind of interesting, because there's been some people that were like, oh, there's a lot of that that's full of shit, as far as... And I, I don't I don't know. I don't claim to know. But, like, uh, there was a part where they talked about how Andre got mad, because Big John Studd would go over the top rope. When he entered the ring as well, because that was supposedly that was his thing. Yeah, yeah. You're you can't you can't steal 
ring entrances, just like you can't steal finishers. But there was a lot of people that said that was bullshit. Andre was never mad about it. Big John Studd wasn't afraid of him. And who knows? I'd have been afraid of Andre the Giant. Dude is enormous, but he could take his hand and just about crush your entire head with it. So Yes. But yeah, I noticed there's a lot of, I don't know, kind of bravado now because since the dude's gone, the just I'm like, well, he's not really here to back it up or if someone says something negative. But I don't know. So, but yeah, it's definitely worth a watch. It was interesting. Well, this is mainstream media. HBO, you know, they're not beholden. Well, they, of course, the company has an owner, but it's not like regular news. They actually go out and do investigative reporting and try and give you the facts instead of yeah. the people's opinions. And lore. Yes. Yes. So... Like I said, it's still good. It was I enjoyed watching it. So there's a few things in there I didn't know, things I didn't think about. Cause yeah, they talked about like him traveling was like the biggest bitch. Um, when you can't fit in a car or an airplane seat, how the hell are you gonna travel? Yeah. So. Yeah, that could not have been good. So. Meow. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> Must be the neighbor's cat. Sniff around parts unknown. No? None of my neighbors have cats. Oh, well, it could still be a neighbor from... Well, yeah, it's it's down a feral stray <laughs> spray in the house. Yeah. Don't you love that shit? That is why I keep my cats neutered and inside, so I don't have to piss off my neighbors because they're sprinkled. I know I don't like cat piss sprayed on my house, so... That's my fetish. <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> All right, so uh, we'll, we'll move on to another uh, movie. I uh, I don't know if, did I, if I talked about it last. No, I don't think I did. There was another movie I discovered out there called Career Opportunities. No, that was just one of your Facebook revelations. Yeah. And, I, of course, you asked me to hook you up and find it, and I gave you the snappy gif. With Bugs Bunny being the genie and your wish is my command, sir. And I do appreciate it because I didn't want to go track it down and buy it because I knew <laughs> I knew it wasn't probably going to be that good, and it was not. So, but what interests me is John Hughes wrote the script. Now, if you're not familiar exactly right off the bat who John Hughes is, he wrote The Breakfast Club and Pretty in Pink and a lot of those. Nine now, come on, weeks. come on. If anybody would yeah. listen to us, don't you think they know yeah, more than likely, movies are? More than likely, true. And uh, actually, he wrote. I mean, come on. Wrote the first Home Alone movie as well. Come on. So, I somehow had missed this movie. It came out in '91, if I remember right, when I I did a little bit of research <clears throat> on it. And uh, and I even hooked you up with a better than DVD quality movie. Yes. <laughs> Because that movie screams needing to be the highest quality of. Uh, I can't remember the Jennifer Connelly in 4K is something I want to see. Yeah, that is true. Well, not clothed fully or fully clothed, but. And I was saying, when was the last time I'd seen her in a movie? It's been quite a while. I could probably get on IDB, IMDb and they'd prove me wrong, and she was in something just months ago, but. Jennifer Connelly's in Jennifer Connelly IMDb. I want to get Jennifer Connelly and IMDP. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember the male lead's name. 
but who cares? Looking at him, you can tell he's supposed to be. And watching the movie, it's like an, another incarnation of Ducky from Pretty in Pink. Oh, so those. I'd have to look on my phone. I'm going to get it out now, but do you think that. You know how there's always two versions of like a movie that'll come out from different companies because they steal each other's ideas? Kind of. Well, this is what I was going to. The point I was going to make, and this is why I wanted to talk about this movie. John Hughes wrote the movie. He did not direct it. But you can see two movies, one he'd already written and one he had not yet written, that were in this movie combined. And I'll, I'll get to the point of that. And as I, uh, Come on, a, get to the point! In a minute. But I need to set up some things. Because the, the male lead in the movie is very much a ducky after high school graduation kind of character without John Cryer's appeal. Because John Cryer at least was... He's got appeal? As Ducky, he did. You kind of liked him. You're like, yeah, he's kind of screwed, uh, but he's an alright kind of uh, guy. Pretty in Pink is 86. Yeah. So it's not really... Yeah. The Hollywood trend of always having two of the same movie out by different companies. Yeah. Anyway. I'm sorry to interrupt. Please continue, sir. Thank you, sir. So... Yeah, this guy can't hold a job, and he talks a lot of shit to people around town about like how he goes on these European trips, and he's been a spy, and all this kind of stuff. Oh, Euro trip. What 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 year was that made? <laughs> Let's check and see what year Euro trip was made. I don't, copy it doesn't really have Did Euro trip copy from them? It, yeah, it's not really that because <laughs> he doesn't go to Europe until actually the very end. But that's another. That's another. So, and Jennifer Connelly is the town's daughter slut. of... She's a town slut. Sort of, but they spin it more yes! as she's misunderstood because she can't stand her father. And he's got all the money in the town, so... Oh. And he's kind of an overbearing asshole, so she acts out against him, so... We'll, 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 a lot with we'll, daddy issues. I love it already. So we'll we'll kind of we'll call the uh, lead character. We'll call him pseudo Ducky because he's not really Ducky, but he's. So he finally his dad makes him go get a job at Target. He interviews at Target. And this is how bad this movie is. John Candy is the HR guy for Target, but he does not appear in the credits anywhere on the movie. So this movie was so bad, John Candy did not want his name attached to it. So that kind of tells you something right there. Because John Candy put his, his name on a maybe, lot of movies. Maybe he gave the director a quarter to go down the docks and erase his name. Maybe. So <clears throat> so he's Night Jenner. And have a rat. Gets, no, that name off. Gets, he gets there. I finished. I, there I, you go. There are two different two different sentences. I I, I finished the punchline. Yeah. He he With he John gave Candy references. He he gave the director a quarter to go down to the docks to go down to the docks and have a rat gnaw his name, name off, off the credits. Yeah, gotcha. All right. <laughs> you repeated it twice in case somebody didn't catch it. No. But uh, it was so nice. I had to say it twice. So pseudo ducky gets a job as the midnight janitor so the midnight janitor basically shoves him around puts him in a jumpsuit and locks him in the store and he's the one only one that's got the key so pseudo ducky is locked in the store 
Pseudo Ducky works for about half an hour and then proceeds to start screwing off. Now, here's the thing. Jennifer Connelly was in the store earlier and was thinking about stealing some stuff just to make her dad mad, basically. Because she's got the money for it, but she just wanted to make her dad mad. But she, as you find out, after they locked the doors, fell asleep in the dressing room. So, at one point, Pseudo Ducky is <clears throat> running around on roller skates in his underwear and a bridal veil on, and he sees her, crashes into a display, so hilarity ensues from there. So, and then you it know, starts off as Do you the, think if Jennifer Connelly actually stole stuff, that John Candy, the security guard, would take, give her a quarter, take her down to the docks and have a rat gnaw well, her John, arms off? John Candy was the security guard. He was... HR. <laughs> no security guard in the film. So, so skip ahead. Yeah, the two of them start yeah. bonding. Security guard guarding talking stop. about different stuff. Now, uh, as an aside, there's two guys that have broken out of jail. And they hijack, they carjack a couple, a teenage couple's station wagon that are making out. So, eventually, these two guys... We'll call them the Not Wet Bandits. See if you get that reference. Home Alone. First Home Alone movie, they were known as the, the guys that were trying to break into Kevin's house were known as the Wet Bandits. Oh, they're, they're okay. Because they had, I forgot there was a reason for it because they had a chance to use water to short out security or some dumb shit. I don't remember. It's been forever since I've seen Home Alone. But it was Same enough. That I, 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 I never, I never watched him. I only watched Macaulay Culkin and his older cracked out movies. Oh, okay. So, at any rate, hashtag. Which he's awesome in... No, that's his brother. Okay, shut, I'll shut up now. Okay. Keep going. So, the Not Wet Bandits see the Target store and decide they're going to break in. For some reason. They never really relay why. They just show them pulling up, sitting in front of the target, and then pulling around back. So, Well, you have to admit, there was a big target on that store. Yeah. That's, that's probably why they chose that place. So, now here's the thing. He's locked in the store, because even at one point, the town cop comes by to ask Pseudo Ducky if he's seen Jennifer Connelly because her dad is out looking for her, and he's mad. And Ducky reminds the audience, I'd love to let you in if I could, but I don't have the key. The head janitor took the key with him. I'm locked in. So, not more than like five minutes after that happens, him and Jennifer Connelly are roller skating around the store, and they get stopped by the not-wet bandits who have guns. Now, I realize they're supposed to be thieves and everything, but they never explain the, how, how... and liars? Yes. But they never explain Murderers how... and bastards? They never explain how they get in the damn store. So, they're just in the store all of a sudden. So they never explain how they get in the store. They, they figured it out. Yeah, so... There's a pothole, but Well, still. one of them was carrying a jimmy that you use for, like, car windows. Oh, I thought you talked about Jimi Hendrix for a second. No, I'm talking about the Jimmy that uh, the the Beastie Boys talk about on their first album. Oh. Him and his hat. But uh, <laughs> that's a dick joke. Yes, it is. So, uh, 
So yeah, they start holding the two of them hostage. <laughs> Whiffle ball bat. <laughs> so they start holding the two of them hostage and everything goes back and forth. And I, I won't ruin the movie for you, but yeah, eventually pseudo-ducky He saves. talked about it for 15 minutes and gave the entire plot away. Not really, because there's still stuff you won't believe that happened that I'm not even touching on yet. There's still... It's, it's there's, that bad, huh? There's still a lot of stuff I'm not even bothering to talk about. So, pseudo-ducky saves the day. Him and Jennifer Connelly go whisk because <clears throat> she's got plenty of money. They go off together. Wait a minute, was that one movie like Denzel Washington was in like a... Um, uh, Lowe's or Menards and saved the thing from a bunch of... Don't know. I'm not sure. This yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that movie. It's actually pretty good, but it sounds like almost so, almost the same thing. Here's what I was going to touch on now. Home Alone had not been written yet. As far as I know. I could be wrong with that, actually, now that I think about it. But it has elements of the Wet Bandits and Things from Home Alone in it as well, which John Hughes wrote the first one, I know at least, as well. So it was kind of like it was this weird medium point for John Hughes in his writing. So not one of his best movies. I understand why he didn't put his name all over it like he does a lot of his others. I mean, you could check it out because it's worth seeing Jennifer Connelly dance around at one point in the store because she starts playing. Is it uh, Flock of Seagulls' Space Age love song? I think. But, yeah. That's The Cure, isn't it? No, no, it's not. No. That teenage love song? No. Space Age love song. Teenage love song, I think, is The Cure. <laughs> Different songs. So, yeah, I just, I felt the need to talk about it because, like I said, I was sitting there watching that. I'm like, there's parts from yes. his old movies. and Denzel Washington, The Equalizer, 2014. Oh, okay. You realize that was a spinoff from a TV show. They remade a TV show into a movie, right? The Equalizer? Well, I don't know if the TV show is exactly like that. It was just... It was a lot of the same stuff. I just remember there, there's a old dude with... Lots of training, like super secret military training that just wanted to put his past behind him. A spy that put his past behind him. So he's like working at a Lowe's warehouse and people came after a girl that works there and he was protecting the girl and Jeez, he's, he's in all the things from Lowe's warehouse to The only thing that sounds any different up. to me is that uh, in the 80s when the original Equalizer show was on, they didn't have so much blatant commercialism. Because I wouldn't say the original I'm just giving you like an idea of uh, what type of warehouse, what type of what type of building. Because on the original TV show, I believe that he was an old white guy who wanted to put his past behind him. And he used to be a super secret agent who was now helping out people in need of his services. If I remember correctly. I don't I don't know anything about that show. So it was not a good show. So, and that's pretty much like Hollywood, just to try and take something. And Speaking of which, I heard this week, since it has done so well, they are now doing What's the Tommyknockers. They're going to do a feature film on what the Tommyknockers. What is it? Huh? Stephen King's It. 
are you just doing your what is it faith no more reference I haven't had faith in you should have said the second time I said what is it I should have that would have been a little more in sync I never I never looked at the liner notes or learned the lyrics to that song except for the main three words okay not even the you want it all but you can't have it oh <laughs> Those are the words now. That's what they're talking about. You had a ball. It's part of the course. You had a ball chasing a rabbit or something. I I don't. I don't think we're talking about the same two songs now. At this point. Probably not. Yeah. Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> yeah, you said faith no more. What is it? I, I just heard him saying something about a rabbit. I don't know. Made up the words in my head. Wow, I wish I had my fucking iPod in here now. I left it out in the, out, out in the truck. Yeah, now I'm with her lyrics. Yes, I think I think that's the case. <clears throat> I could make my own channel on those, but I think YouTube already has ten of them. Pretty much. It's also a segment on uh, Hollywood Babylon podcast called Misheard Lyrics. Okay, yeah, dead air is not good. So, no, it's not. I'm going, well, you know, me and my, me and my whore band is going to play in Detroit Rock City Friday night. Might want to actually mention the actual band. Harpo's. We're going to be at Harpo's Friday night. Action Pants. Who else is playing with you? Well, I know the the other Cleo group that half the band members are in. <laughs> the Unmarked is going to open, and there's a couple Detroit bands. Really? Uh, Vox Adnil, I know they do uh, Sex Pistols. They're a Sex Pistols cover band. Okay. And I'm looking right now to yeah. see everybody else. Yeah, I'm trying to come up with something quite the time, but there's unfortunately. I'm kind of talked about everything there's, there's more than just a few of us I don't know why I hit that button on my phone damn it damn you why this Chris looking up uh, stuff on his phone portion of the podcast is brought to you by Piper's Pit Piper's Pit one of the better things about 80's WWF Saturday night segments where he hits people with coconuts and regrets it later. Okay, I can only fill so much time. Um, time we just talked the whole time. Uh, um, there's a Vox Adnil, Fabulous Disaster, and Rival. Think about everybody else. It's a Harpo's got something doing like a, it's called Homegrown Fridays. Okay. I. I think it might be some kind of glorified battle of the bands, you know. They oh, okay. try and get local groups to come in on Fridays and see which ones are good and not. And the ones that are any good, they might use them to open up all the bigger names that gotcha. they have going through town. Because if you don't know Harpo's, is they really, they really, uh, I know it might still be in a bad part of town, but they really cleaned up the place and have a lot of 
technology there, like video screens, and it's a, it's a it's kind of place. It's a when your band is too big for your local bar, but not big enough for a, for a stadium or an arena. Yeah, they're right in the middle, and lots of uh, big names have been through there. When you said technology, I was going to reference so we'll uh, have Sacred Cow song, but yes. you kind of stepped all over it, so I'll let it go. Which part? Uh, I was going to say, uh, basically, that uh, you worry about the day when Skynet calls, but technology has already won. I don't know if it's already won, because we haven't played yet. Okay. But, you know, in these times, having the extra... Audio, video thing going on at the same time through it. You know, you go to Arena and they have screens right in the middle or at, at the back. Yeah. You, know, you have your, well, it, this place is big enough they have that too. You know, they got video screens of the band playing all throughout the different sections of the bar. And it's not just the uh, Arena. I don't know what's a, pro you know what I mean. You sure. know there there's a couple different sections of the bar, and they have video screens and shit everywhere. Shit everywhere. Shit everywhere. Shit everywhere. And if there isn't, there will be by the time I'm done with the place. <laughs> All right. So wrapping this up. Also, we will have the Punk Off Podcast field trip to Powerbomb Wrestling. It's not really a field trip, but we'll meet people there. Uh, coming up in June 3rd, Sunday. 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 There should be a Punk Off Podcast field trip. If you're listening to this and you don't show up, you're a straight pussy. I don't care. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you can kick my ass for calling you a pussy. Kicking my ass doesn't mean I'm wrong. You can still it just spit means, at it. Just, it just means you know how to fight better. That's all. You can still So spit. get mad if you want, but... If you don't come with us to the show, you're a pussy. So, Powerbomb tickets are available on their website. Uh, yeah, it's well, yeah, just put put a Powerbomb Wrestling on Google. I don't remember their exact website. PBW. Is it? Dot what? Because I don't think it's dot com. Might be dot org. I'm not sure. Like I said, just put in Powerbomb Wrestling. Dot PBW. And it'll, it'll take you to the site. You, you need to buy pre-order. You can pre-order your tickets, or you can buy them at the door. So, But you never know. It may end up being one of those where they end up selling out before. It's not impossible. Yeah. So Before I sell out, I get the hell out. All right. So I guess uh, with what that. What rapper was that from? I don't remember. That's right. Sounds like something Ice Cube would say, but I'm not sure. It doesn't help. I listened to Ice T earlier today, so I still, I'm still going on that because it's still weird to th for me to think that uh, he plays a cop on TV now. Well, it'd still be six in the morning for you, so talking right now would be you'd probably be kind of still a little bit tired. Yes, I understand. I understand how you're still a little bit groggy at six in the morning. Yeah. So, hashtag at any rate. Uh, yeah, so check that out. It'll be a good time. True story. True story. And with uh, that being said, to quote the uh, uh, 
missed Rowdy Roddy Piper. Don't throw a rock at a guy who's holding a machine gun.